Hey, my name is Zach, and this is the Plaid Jacket Philosopher, the podcast for tradespeople in the blue-collar middle class. I'm hoping to punch a few holes in the stereotypes that surround blue-collar workers and hopefully share a lot of the stories behind how we got into our line of work and the honest joy you can get from working outside of the office space. The plan is to mix in interviews as well as some solo stories from job sites, fatherhood, and personal experiences that led me to where I am today. Some will be funny, some will be personal, but hopefully any and all content here can help broaden what your opinion is of the blue-collar middle class. So today's topic is perspective and how easy it is to kind of lose sight of that, especially in today's age with social media and the echo chambers that it kind of creates for us. I don't know if any of you guys have seen The Social Dilemma on Netflix. It's, I mean, ironically, all of this stuff is being posted to social media, so I can't say there's not bonuses or net positives that I've experienced from social media, but especially with today's topic being perspective, it's pretty good to keep in mind what that documentary kind of reinforces. If you haven't seen it, I recommend seeing it. Um, If you have, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about, but I'm going to try to make this not exclusive to people who have seen The Social Dilemma, but to just kind of echo some of the ideas that it does bring forth. Mainly is that your algorithms are tailored to your interests, obviously. That's how they monetize the platform. Um, That's the whole point behind it. And just kind of keeping in mind that what you're seeing on your feed is not what your other friends are seeing. You know, we all kind of get sucked into our own echo chambers and Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, they all do a good job of making sure that we stay in those echo chambers and that the opinions that we see kind of reinforce our own biases on a daily basis. So this talk is kind of just reminding us that we have to break out of that and technology isn't necessarily going to help us do that. So it comes down to a conscious effort to do that. So we're going to kind of look at how that applies to personal life, to your relationships, to being a parent and to work life and how you can kind of make that work for you or how you can kind of break the cycle and make sure that you are critically thinking through your ideas, your topics of discussion, and really just that what you're kind of putting out in the world and what you're also, almost more importantly, what you're taking in. So digressing a little bit from the social media aspect, I wanted to kind of go in how I can kind of keep perspective at work, especially when you are an apprentice or when you're coming up in the trade and you're doing a lot of the dirty kind of the the grunt work, you know what I mean? And I think this can apply to a lot of different um, different workforces, whether you're being in an office and you're doing kind of the menial tasks or, you know, you're somebody's assistant, anything like that where you're kind of doing monotonous, repetitive tasks. Sometimes it really helps to have an anchor or something that can really give you perspective on life. And what I'm talking about for me specifically, I had what would be considered a pretty shitty job when I first started. I would have been, oh, um, I would have been 14 when I started at butcher shop. I was basically just the cleanup crew. So every day I would come in there and I would leave covered in blood and bleach. That was it. I would strip and clean the bandsaws. That's meaning taking them down, taking them apart, taking the blade out, clean it all. Um, We'd be vacuum sealing meat. We'd be mopping and scrubbing the floors went from the um well the butcher floor so where you'd have all the blood and everything else on the floor 
We'd be cleaning out the freezers. You'd be pushing around racks of pigs, racks of beef, whatever it was that was in there for that day. But that work was definitely dirty. Like there's no no way around it. Uh, again, every day covered in blood and bleach. I didn't have a good shirt at all for that whole summer when I was 14. Then I continued that job for about nine months, I think, doing weekends or again, full-time during the summer. But that that really gave me um, perspective when I started electrical, specifically being a, an apprentice. You know, you're crawling around, you're crawling in attics, you're crawling in crawl spaces, you're dirty, you're kind of doing the monotonous tasks. For the first year of my apprenticeship, I was told that, you know, I wasn't doing anything that I was standing up for. That was essentially, if I was doing any electrical connections at all, I was learning on plugs. So that's kind of at the 12 to 14 inches off the ground. You're on your knees all day, or you're drilling, you're pulling wire, but any connections, so at a switch or at a light, any connections that you could be standing for, that was meant for my journeymen or for apprentices that were higher level than me. So when I was young and starting in the trade, I really didn't find anything to be that dirty or disgusting just because I'd already spent nine months in a butcher shop where literally it was it was filthy. Like the worst days were fish days because if you can imagine like when we would, the bandsaws basically would be set up for fish and that's all we would do for eight hours. So I would be helping cutting basically just the rough work. I wasn't doing any of the filleting or anything like that. That was up to the butcher, but just cutting off heads, tails, whatever. And then stripping the bandsaws down, cleaning them. But at the end of the day, you'd have those like the fish scales stick to everything. It felt like you had a second skin. And those days I specifically remember were just disgusting <laughs> because the again, that fish guts, I mean, you know the smell of fish guts. Now imagine it after eight hours, it's been dried, it's stinking, it's on you, it's in every single crevice in your neck, your armpits, your elbows, everywhere. And then on top of that, then to clean off, you just cover it all in bleach. So it was it was pretty disgusting, but it gave me a really good backdrop to starting electrical, whereas we would have other apprentices who this was their first job at 15, 16, and they had nothing to really base it off of. Maybe they had a paper route, which I had a paper route when I was younger too, but that that wasn't really bad. And half the time we ditched the uh, the papers in the bushes anyway. So that I couldn't really compare it to, but having that job at the butcher shop really helped me put into perspective the work that I was doing, whether I was dirty, sweaty, whatever, covered in sawdust, it didn't really matter compared to what I had done previously because any work in the electrical trade was cleaner than the work I had done beforehand. Later on into my apprenticeship as well, um, I can really credit my dad and some other journeymen that I had uh, that told me that I should get different experience because I started doing just residential electrical. And so they really pushed me out of my comfort zone to go again to remote work camps, to go into different fields of electrical that I really, I had no experience in beforehand, but they told me that if if I wanted to gain kind of a broader knowledge of the trades and of just the industry in general that I really needed to get out of residential and get into other areas of the trade as well. So that really pushed me into specifically industrial, being in mining and then oil and gas, which I loved. And again, perspective. Everything came back to my residential electrical work. I mean, industrial can be dirty if you're doing rework or shutdowns when it comes to dust. But on new construction, that stuff is pristine. You might get the odd metal shaving if you're cutting, but that work, and guys would complain about that work if that's all they had ever done. But that work compared to residential where you're covered in dust, sawdust, uh, insulation, 
when you go to industrial, that was that was beautiful. I, I had nothing to complain about as far as the dirt level in, in industrial. And now speaking on perspective from being a parent now, I can definitely say, you know, when you're growing up and you hear you're getting preached to by your parents or you're getting read the riot act because you did something wrong. As a kid, that can get really frustrating and you can, I don't know, it can sometimes cause a bit of resentment to your parents. But I can promise you that if you are a parent or if you're becoming a parent, you know exactly what I mean when you say that you kind of look back on that as just lessons and you have just, again, a different perspective on where they were coming from. I can't count the number of times that, you know, my kids have done something and it's just a flashback to something that I did and the way that my parents reacted and that, I mean, now when I look at it, I say, okay, like they reacted perfectly normal. Like I remember back when I was that that age, it felt like they were being unfair or they were being harsh. But this new perspective of being a parent, being on the other side of that coin when you've already told your kid not to do something, you know, it feels like 57 times and then they still go ahead and do it again. You know, you kind of, you understand where they're coming from. And it really, it really helped me to almost uh, rebuild or repair some relationships that my parents may not have even known were, that, that I kind of viewed in a negative light. But I mean, I didn't have to bring it up with them. I just kind of internally said, whoa, like that's where they're coming from. Like I, I now have a different view on this that really, through no fault of their own, I had, I had maybe held some grudges or felt some resentment for that. And then again, without even needing to talk it out, just through life, through different, different experiences. Now, you know, that, that relationship has been repaired. I just have a different perspective on what they were going through, on what I was going through. And it also trickles down to my kids too, right? Because, you know, I don't have to react as harshly as maybe they did because I know how it's going to feel to them. And so as you kind of go through life in different stages, you really start to gain, you gain viewpoints from different angles on maybe the same topic, the same subject, but your perspectives have shifted. And that's something to really keep in mind and to really kind of utilize that when you can, when you kind of get those moments that say, hey, I know how this feels from the other side. Try to keep that in mind in the way you you react to any given situation, especially if, again, if you have both perspectives on this, being, being in the case of kids, being either the kid or the parent who's going to dole out whatever kind of punishment is required. But keep that in mind. Remember how it affected you as a kid and the feelings that you may have harbored towards your parents for what could have been years after. Now, if there's one area of life that my perspective has been most deeply impacted in the last, I'd say, three years, yeah, it'd be about three years, uh, is just the value of life. You know, in the last three years, uh, my wife and I experienced a miscarriage, um, a close childhood friend passed away, and my grandma, who I'm sure I'll talk about them, my grandma and my grandpa in another episode, but they really, they were my bedrock for about eight to 10 years, maybe more, uh, going through my parents' divorce. I spent a lot of time with them. I mean, I hold a lot of kind of my lessons on what makes a successful marriage from them, just from things they would tell me, the way they would treat each other. 
even when they were in disagreements. A lot of the way that I kind of try to shape my relationship with my wife Shannon now is based on my grandparents. And losing her was a massive, massive hole. Same with obviously uh, the miscarriage was horrible, as well as, yeah, my my close childhood friend losing him was was brutal. But all three of those events, again, it's they're some of the worst lessons you have to learn in life. And hopefully a lot of you guys don't, you know, you go through as few of them as is required. But going through that really cranked up my value of life, a, a way that, I mean, I thought I valued life before. And I, I just, I didn't, I didn't to this same level that I do now. Going through any kind of loss like that, you really, you really start to value what's still there. And you try to make the most of every second that you have with it. I mean, even with my kids, we had our miscarriage after our second child. And so we now have four kids. But the next two births, um, the joy you experience when there are no complications and you come out the other side holding your, in our case, our son. Uh, It happened twice. We had two more boys after. But when everything is said and done and you're sitting there holding your son, it's in it's an incredible feeling. And I was ecstatic holding our first kids, but holding our third son specifically after going through the miscarriage beforehand and then really being on pins and needles, not because, not because it was a complicated pregnancy, but because we, all we could think about was the last time we went through this, it ended in absolute devastation. Again, perspectives though are my wife and I's relationship really really grew because we really I mean we had each other to lean on right we fell into each other we supported each other and we still had two kids to raise at that point so it's not like either of us could really just disappear we had to deal with it head on we grieved we mourned but we we had to keep going I mean life doesn't stop And so when we had our third son and we got to hold him, he was healthy, everything was good. The joy I felt there compared to our first kids, it was just a different, a deeper feeling knowing that A, he's here and B, we just had that, that deeper appreciation that, that everything went off without a hitch, that we were here, we were holding him because we knew what the other, the flip side of that coin felt like. And yeah, I don't really know how else to explain that unless you've gone through that. You'll know exactly what I mean. And if you haven't, I really hope that you never have to go through that kind of heartbreak. And again, I mean, all these experiences of loss, we've all had them. Um, And again, if you have any of yours that you'd like to talk about, I'm all ears. I'm wide open to have any kind of conversation. But any of these experiences, especially with loss, um, they really just help me anyway, look for the positives in everyday life. Um, I mean, stuff comes at you fast, life hits hard, but there are always bright moments in every day, in everything we're doing. And it's something that I really make a conscious effort to look for now and to really remind myself that, hey, you know, whatever you're going through, there are good things. Whatever the negatives are, look for the positives. Try to find the bright spots because they're always there. And it's just a matter of the way that you're mentally going to look and tackle a situation. But trying to find the positivity, I really find it helps me 
just have that drive every day to keep going when you're looking for the positives even if you're going through rough spots just just keep an eye out there's always little things that kind of give you boosts along the way and um yeah just be mindful of that really pay attention to the, to where those opportunities may rise from and uh take note and you know one way that i try to that I try to kind of self-analyze what my perspectives are on different things is, and it was really, it was really kind of the foundation of this podcast is I have a long commute generally every day to and from work. And sometimes if I was struggling with a certain concept or a topic, I would record myself while I was driving, mainly because for whatever reason, when I would play it back, it felt like it was coming from a different viewpoint, like it was somebody almost telling me what to think. And for me anyway, I found it a lot easier to pick apart problems in what I was in the way that I was viewing a certain subject, whatever it was. And so, I mean, try that for you. If if you're having a hard time maybe finding the positives in something or in I don't know, in just trying to break down and break apart what you're trying to tackle mentally, record yourself. Play it back to you. You don't have to play it for anybody else. Um maybe one day I'll release or just put out half of my ramblings and rantings while I'm driving, but not yet. <laughs> Those are, yeah, they aren't very edited. They, there are a lot of ums and ahs and anyway, maybe not. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I would, I would challenge you to try that. Try, if you're really struggling with something, try recording yourself and then playing it back to you maybe a couple hours later. Uh, give it a bit to kind of settle get your mind off it, try thinking about something else, and then come back to it with fresh eyes, fresh ears. And you'd be amazed at kind of what you can kind of break down mentally with yourself in just hearing it the way it sounds coming back at you. So now switching gears from kind of your internal perspective, I wanted to touch back on what I was talking about in the intro about kind of realizing the different perspectives that are out there i mean especially today we run into them all the time on social media you see them in your news feed you see that a lot of different people have different perspectives on the events going on today socially politically economically and it's a good thing to kind of keep in mind that a lot of the people out there are all trying to make the world a better place. We maybe just come at it from different angles or have different ideas on how to make it a better place, but it's good to keep in mind that other people will have different life experiences and different perspectives on the way to go about that. And I mean, nowadays especially, we need to have more opportunities to build bridges rather than build the divide further. There's kind of a reason why I haven't touched on, you know, current topics, social events going on now, especially leading up to the American election. Like, I mean, it's so easy nowadays that if you hear somebody's opinion on one aspect or one social event going on, to just pigeonhole them and kind of attribute various beliefs to them that you think would fit that narrative just based on their opinion on one, one topic. And that's crazy to do. I mean, everybody is nuanced in their opinions just because somebody may be economically conservative doesn't mean they're socially conservative, you know, but that gets lost nowadays, especially in social media. Everything gets blown up. Everything, everybody gets kind of put into a box of, okay, so if you have this belief, you must believe A, B, and C as well. And that's not the way it is in real life. I mean, 
when you have small group discussions or one-on-one conversations, you can get along with just about anybody. I mean, there's not very many people out there who, you know, in the words of Alfred from, I think it was Dark Knight Rising, uh, not everybody wants to see the world burn. You know, most of us are trying to make the world a better place in whatever way we can. Maybe we just have different views or different opinions of how to get there. But, you know, we really got to kind of cut back on the hostility as much as we can and try to work towards solutions together. Like, we aren't, we may have different views, again, on how to get there, but we're all trying to get to a better place. And that's something to keep in mind. Um, so yeah, so you've got your internal perspectives, but then you have to really take into account that other people's perspectives may be different, but that doesn't mean that they're working counterintuitively to what your opinions are. They just have a different way of tackling it. And my hope is that through these first few episodes, kind of just an introduction to who I am and the way I try to work out my thought processes, when I do get into those, you know, current events, whatever's going on, and if you hear me voice an opinion that maybe you don't agree with, just realize that I'm not coming at it trying to attack anybody or trying to put anybody else's opinions down. And I really hope to have conversations on here with people who do view things differently than I do. That's the only way to really either sharpen your opinion or break them down. I mean, maybe I'm right. And in discussing it with people, that kind of that kind of proves it. Or if I'm wrong and somebody comes in here and completely dismantles my view of something, then that's a good thing too. You know, I've broken down different biases or different viewpoints that I may have held for years and somebody else has made me look at it in a new light, given me a new perspective on whatever topic it is. I mean, I think all of us have experienced enough of social media to realize that you don't really change anybody's opinion online. Um, A lot of the time, if you do get into arguments, I mean, I used to when I was younger, now I just avoid them because I, I really don't view them to be positive in any way. Um, you might sway somebody on the outside, a third party looking in at this argument. But I mean, the stress and just the overall feeling that you get from arguing with people all the time, it, it wasn't worth it to me. I just avoid it now at all costs. I'm not going to argue with anybody online. You're not going to change people's opinions when it's, you know, two people arguing not face to face, you aren't getting, you aren't seeing anybody's kind of facial features or their body language or how they're really reacting to it. It's just, it's different. And that's why I I would love for this platform to kind of have one-on-one discussions, even if it is, again, two different perspectives looking at the same topic, but where you can really have constructive conversations and you can actually make some changes, even if it's just one person or two people, you can kind of you know, when you're face to face, even even when it's on Zoom or Skype, but you can actually see the other person talking, you know, you don't get that same level of resentment. If somebody if somebody does prove you wrong, it's like, okay, you know, you might be right. And I'm really hoping that this platform allows for that a little bit more of nuanced discussion between two people or, you know, four people, whatever, whatever we can kind of manage here without all talking over each other. But I think that's important. And it's something that I would really like to get to one day with this. And now one of the kind of, I guess, current events that me and my wife, Shannon, have talked about a lot is, you know, you keep hearing about all these negatives with the quarantine, with the lockdown, with how divorce rates have skyrocketed. 
you know, the breakdown of relationships as soon as people kind of get cramped in together for an extended period of time. But we often talk about maybe the flip side to that, that maybe after this, after people have kind of experienced this prolonged, prolonged loneliness, maybe, I mean, as long as they can get through it, maybe on the outside after all of this, people are really going to take stock of the the personal relationships that they do have, and maybe they look for something deeper. That's something that we've talked about a lot. I mean, I have siblings who are single going through this, and they struggle with it as far as loneliness goes. I have friends who are like that. Um, they, they bring it up all the time. And I, like, we haven't experienced the same things because we've had each other. We have that close relationship that we've built, and we lean on each other through all of this stuff. And so we're hoping that, you know, on the outset of all this quarantine and this lockdown, that people really start to look for stronger, more meaningful relationships. I mean, maybe maybe this hookup culture, which has been kind of put on hold for the most part with the lockdown and all this stuff, maybe that kind of dissipates a little bit and people start to look for deeper, more meaningful relationships, somebody that you can really spend quality time with and you can you guys can really discuss deeper topics and you guys kind of build each other up rather than constantly just looking for a quick fix but when you can't get that quick fix anymore and that loneliness really starts to set in I mean yeah we've talked about this quite a bit we're thinking that I mean hopefully at the end of all this people start to look for you know long-term partners build stronger relationships, somebody who you can really spend quality time with. Um, I mean, for us, it's it's meant a world of difference just in our mental health going through this when we have each other to lean on and we know that we're there day in and day out. And so kind of wrapping this up, I really wanted to stress a few key points, one of them being critical thinking. Um, we really have to do a good job of that. Again, I highly, highly recommend verbalizing it out, talking it into your phone or talking it into some kind of recording device, your computer, whatever, taking a few hours, taking some time, and then hearing it played back to you. You know, whether it's a personal issue you're going through, if it's a social issue that's going on, kind of just rip all of your opinions out, lay them out, and then listen to them played back to you again a little bit later. A lot of the time you'll be able to pick apart where the problems are, You'll notice just different things that you've said that then sound kind of stupid coming back at you the second time. And you can really alter your frame of mind and your viewpoint on things just by hearing it played back to you. Again, that was kind of the precursor to this whole podcast and the reason why I wanted to start it. I found there was a huge help in just hearing what I had to say played back to me and then realizing how stupid half of it sounded and that just by changing my mindset on something, changing my perspective, it would radically change my outlook on the whole thing and just the way that I felt about it. And really kind of hand in hand with that, like take breaks from social media. If you are a person who tends to argue a lot on Facebook or on Twitter, try to take a break from that. I found at least that it was hugely beneficial to my mental health. I wasn't stressing out about things. I wasn't worrying about things. And it just, it gave me a mental clarity that I hadn't experienced beforehand. Have those conversations face-to-face, you know. You guys are going to be able to find a lot more common ground, and you're going to find it a lot more productive than, you know, typing away into the void, where people are just regurgitating comments back to you all the time. 
and none of them, you know, they don't know you. They don't know the situation you're in. They don't know the mindset you're in presently. Have those conversations face-to-face. They're just, they're so much more meaningful and they're so much more productive. Look for the bridges that we can build rather than trying to widen that divide further. And, you know, again, look for the positives in everyday life. Do whatever you can to kind of pick up on those highlights from your day. My wife and I, with our kids, we do what was your peak and your pit of every day. So your peak being the the best part of it and your pit the worst part of it. And we just try to talk it out every dinner. Um, You know, we do it too with each other. And it's just, it really helps change your perspective. And it makes you think like throughout the day, I'm thinking about, oh, this was a highlight for later. Like I'll, I can share this with my family. Um, It just, it makes me actively look for the positives in every day. All right, everyone, that's it for today. I hope you found some value in this week's episode. If you did and are interested in more content like this, please rate, comment, and subscribe to the podcast. I really appreciate all the feedback you guys have given me to this point and look forward to hearing from you again. As always, the podcast page is The Plaid Jacket Philosopher on Facebook and at Jacket Plaid on Twitter. That concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for the continued support and especially to those of you who reach out weekly with comments on each and every episode. Have a great week and I'll talk to you all again soon.